Welcome to the Donuts and Dumbbells podcast. I'm Brooke. And I'm Nick. And we're so excited that you're here. On this podcast, we talk about all things fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle change. You know, all the healthy shit. So go ahead and grab yourself a cup of hot or iced coffee. Or a protein shake and sit back, relax, or go on a walk. And we'll talk to you soon. What's happening, Brooke? Oh, not a lot. Just drinking my protein coffee. Nice. Sitting down, talking to you, figuring out what we're what we're talking about on this episode. Yeah. So um, something that's been on my mind for the last hmm, week and a half since I started a new program. Um, I'm fucking sore as hell. Oh, my body is wrecked from delayed onset muscle soreness. Um, so just a little bit about like what my programming is right now. So since I didn't do that powerlifting meet a couple of weeks ago, uh, we switched to like more of like a bodybuilding type of workout. So, um, my coach has been putting me through, so it's 18 minutes of doing as many sets of, so like the first day is like, it's squat super set with like light hip thrusts. So it's sets of five and you get as many as you possibly can in 18 minutes. It's at like a lightweight. It's like it's like 55% right now. Um, and then it escalates throughout throughout the course of the month. Uh, but yesterday I did 10 sets in 18 minutes. Ooh. And okay. I can't straighten my knees. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's that's a lot. That is a lot of volume for sure. Yeah. And um, the upper's even worse because it's um, so it's uh, bench with your feet out, so you get no leg drive, and Ooh, then a Larson um, press, a Larson press, yeah. and then a pendlay row. So you start with the bar from the floor, row it all the way up, and then back to the floor every time. Uh, so it's five reps of that in eighteen minutes, as many as you can get. <laughs> I did sixteen fucking sets of it, oh. and it's it's close grip too. So last week my triceps were like they were so sore that I like couldn't bring my arm up over my head because I couldn't <laughs> bend my elbow that much. Um, but the reason I want to talk about this is first and foremost, just so I can complain a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me how you really feel, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> but secondly, um, you know, people always have that idea of like, oh, you need to be really, really sore to have a good workout. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are that that's bullshit. <laughs> mm, there we go. That's what that's the answer I was looking for. <laughs> no, like soreness is not indicative of whether or not you had a good workout because after a while, if you're doing like a progressive overload program and you're doing, you know, let's say like a four week block where you have the same three to four workouts per week for four mm -hmm. weeks, your body is going to adapt to that movement. So the first, the first week, usually it's normal to be pretty sore. It's it's normally yeah. pretty sore, but then the next time you go through the same, um, the same workout, it will gradually get better. Now it's not, not to say that you're never going to be sore, but it's going to be, you know, your body's going to know what movement pattern it's doing in order for it to adapt. And so sometimes soreness, your body adapts to the movement. So you're not going to be as sore as you would like the first time that you do it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's basically, I think what they used to call it, or they still call it, I don't know if they still call it this. Um, 
I think they call it the alarm reaction to mm-hmm. like introducing a new stimulus to your body. So it's basically your body's way of being like, whoa, what the fuck did you just do to me? We're not used to that. Um, <laughs> so it gives you that like that soreness feeling for like 24 to 72 hours after your workout. And then once you get more used to it, your body's not like, well, what the fuck are you doing to me? It's like, okay, this again, cool. Mm-hmm. No need to panic. Um, so you you adapt a little bit more to it. And I noticed that now that I'm in the second week of my program, I can actually stand up after squatting. <laughs> since last week, where it took me at least 20 seconds to get off the couch every time. <laughs> But yeah. even still, like, it's a very new style of training to me since I've been doing powerlifting for so long. Um, I've never trained like this. I've I've never done 16 sets of anything in my entire life. Um, so, yeah, my body's like, what the fuck? So next week, um, we're moving. Next week is our big move. So it's a week from today. Today being the 28th. This will probably get released, what, next week, right? Yeah, we'll see. Well, I'll probably be on the road when this gets when this gets released or today. (laughs) Who knows? No, who knows? Next week. Next week. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I'm looking at the calendar. I don't know. (laughs) I just show up and Brooke does all the other stuff. My job's pretty easy. Um, But I was like, yeah, I'm moving next week. Like we got to we got to back off on this so I can actually move furniture and (laughs) be able to go upstairs and bring a mattress upstairs um so yeah i mean all in itself too it kind of speaks to that like time and place to back off of your workouts too because i'm not gonna want to be dying through an entire move across the country like dial we're we're scaling that fitness dial back for a week yeah and that's i think that's you know number one it's smart it's smart to do that so you're not running yourself into the ground but it also makes me think like other ways that you can tell that your body is um, kind of adapting to exercise. Like you might not be as sore. Like Mm -hmm. let's say you start a new program the first week, you're really sore. The second week you might not be as sore, but you may feel more fatigued in general. Just your, your body might feel a little heavier. You might feel just a little bit tired. That's also really normal. I had a client who um, she, she got a little freaked out. She's like, I'm just so tired. I don't know what the deal is. And she's in a fat loss phase. I'm like, well, you're, you're hitting your, um, your workouts with an, uh, reps in reserve of two, meaning she only has, you know, two solid reps left in the tank before failure. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, you're going to be a little tired. You're going to be a little bit fatigued. So things like being maybe a little bit more stiff, being a little bit more fatigued. Those are also other ways to tell whether or not a program is be becoming effective. Yeah. I definitely noticed that when I first started, um, powerlifting training. And I was not used to it either. And, you know, I've, I'm someone who's lifted for a decent amount of time. But when I transitioned to that at like doing more compound lifts that are going to fatigue my central nervous system, I noticed that I slept longer. I had like, well, I, well, the nice thing was I had better quality sleep because of it. Mm-hmm. Like I fell asleep and stayed asleep, which I, I'm the kind of person who wakes up a lot in the middle of the night. Um, so that kind of went away because I had such high fatigue levels. My body needed that extra sleep to be able to catch back up. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty good indicator of like, are things happening? Do you feel more tired throughout the day? Um, 
you know, it's not always something that you want, but if you change things up and are working a little harder, yeah, you're going to notice that you're feeling a little bit more tired throughout the day. Absolutely. And that, that goes to like nutrition too, really focusing on what your nutrition looks like, um, on, you know, in conjunction to working out, because if you're not eating enough protein, you're going to be a little bit more sore. Um, you're going to be a little bit more sore. Same with carbs. Like Mm -hmm. it's really important to make sure you get those carbs in, you know, before a workout, after a workout, like nutrition, when it comes to working out is also very important and can impact your recovery. Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely noticed that when I don't, like if I don't eat before a workout, if I don't have enough carbs before I get in, cause I usually have like a quick carb, um, and then get in there, uh, you know, some days I don't have time. So I just run in and I feel exhausted at the gym. It's like mm-hmm. everything feels 20 pounds heavier. Um, so that's super important for your, for your performance, like fuel yourself for your performance in the gym as well, because you don't want to feel that tired all the time. So yeah, your nutrition goes a long way into your fatigue levels. Yeah, absolutely. What is your favorite pre-workout carbohydrate? I've been, so this is a little bit of a new thing for me. Um, I've been getting these like um, protein granola bars from Aldi. So they have 10 grams of protein in them. And I think like 30 something carbs. So I have two of those, get 60 something grams of carbs in a little protein before that doesn't, it's a lot of times like I would have protein before a workout and I would feel it. I would feel it sitting around in there, but this is light enough that I don't. So I don't know. These protein granola bars have been uh, really doing it for me. Nice. Yeah. I usually gravitate towards just like a regular chewy granola bar. That's yeah. That's how this started. Started there and then evolved. (laughs) (laughs) It it evolved into the protein ones. Um, Or I like just a good old fashioned Rice Krispie treat. Yes. Yes. Good old fashioned. People are listening to this like these bucket coaches. Like (laughs) you're eating like a power lifter. Like (laughs) for real. Um, And who doesn't love a good Rice Krispie treat? You know what I'm saying? Um, Mm -hmm. But lately, since I have been in a fat loss phase, um, I've been just going for a banana. You know, higher carbs. That always works, yeah. You know, go go for a banana. Um, After workouts, I usually will have like a protein shake and a banana. Mm. Um, That's usually kind of my post-workout before I get home and eat lunch or dinner whenever I work out. Um, But usually I... Right before my workouts, I really like that that little Rice Krispie treat because I do eat a lot of whole minimally processed foods. So being able to sneak in a little a little sweet treat right before my workout is real motivating. Mm. <laughs> I used to do I used to do that like protein shake after thing. Um, since I started working out at like I usually get to the gym like ten a.m. Um, so by the time I get home, it's maybe eleven thirty noon something like that. So I'll go right into having a lunch post workout and. It has been a game changer. Like I feel so much better after having a full meal directly after my workout. It's awesome. I bet. And that's something that I'm actively working on too. Like, cause I live about 20 minutes away from the gym that I train out of. So, um, and I work out at the gym that I train out of. So Mm -hmm. it's one of those where it's like, Ooh, I kind of want something to hold me over until I get home. Sure. Cause I'm usually pretty hungry afterwards, but, um, I'm highly debating signing up for the gym that's right down the street. I just don't know if uh, 
I, I need to go in there and peek around and see if I like the environment first. Mm, yeah, that's important. How do you like, this is a completely unrelated question and I'm sorry to our podcast listeners, but I'm super curious. How do you like lifting at the gym that you also train clients at? That's tough for me to be perfectly honest. Like it's, um, it is tough for me. I, I, you know, full disclosure to our audience. I, I usually do it just be, or just because it costs less money. I'm already paying rent there. I might as well use it. Right. So, mm. um, you know, being a full-time single mom is hard. So instead yep. of having the additional, you know, 30 to $50 gym membership per month, I just work out at the place that I work. And, you know, sometimes it can be great, but other times it, you know, it's easy to get distracted. It's, you know, it's a smaller studio. So it's, you know, trying to figure out where I'm going to be, you know, am I, I don't want to be in the way of like paying clients who are there. Mm -hmm. So, um, I do enjoy the equipment though. Like they have amazing equipment. It's a wonderful freaking gym, like absolutely wonderful gym. It's just hard to train out of where you work because you, you kind of feel like you're not really off work. Yeah. That's, that's what I thought you might say, because I was mm -hmm. doing that for a while too. And I still felt like I was at work, even though I would lift when there was no one there. Mm -hmm. um, like I would lock the door because I would be the only one there at the time. Um, but I still felt like, you know, I'm in the environment that I work at and it, it almost feels like I'm working. Yeah. And and so. that's kind of where I'm like, Oh, do I go and get another gym membership? Like a little bit torn. I went to go get like a planet fitness membership got a couple months ago. And I just personally didn't like the environment. Like, mm. and I didn't like that. They didn't have barbells, like standard barbells and whatnot. Um, not that I use a lot of barbells in my current training, but you know, just to have the option of them being there for like hip thrusts, things like that. Absolutely. Um, I'm, so I'm, I'm kind of in that, in that crossroad of, Hmm, do I want a gym membership or not? <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm with you on that. I almost miss or am going to almost miss being able to like have that option of working out where I work. Cause as I, as I move, I'm not going to get an in-person job, at least not for a while. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to try to like focus on building my online coaching stuff. By the way, if you're listening, uh, I'm going to focus on building my online coaching <laughs> stuff. So I am accepting new clients. <laughs> so if you're listening to this and you want Nick to be your coach, like, you know what to do, click the link below. What up? <laughs> Shameless plug. Um, Shameless but yeah, plug. like it was, it was nice sometimes just being able to lock the door, put on whatever music that I wanted to put on and yeah. And I also like that, like at a standard gym, I don't fucking know anybody mm. like, you know, and, and, that, and I don't mean for that to sound bad, but like sometimes, you know, when you go to a gym and you know, people, it's very easy to get caught up in conversation or to get distracted from your workout. And like, you know, I have ADHD. So pair that with an extroverted personality. And it's very easy for me to get it's distracted. Tough. I, I have that problem now. I lift at a different gym that I don't work at, but I've been there long enough. So people know me. Like the owner will stop and talk to me. He'll give me the entire history of Bulgarian weightlifters in 30 wow. minutes. And I'm like, dude, I'm trying to do something. Here. <laughs> <laughs> like, thanks, but can we talk about this later? <laughs> <laughs> He's a nice guy, but uh, yeah, it's a little much sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I feel like I derailed the conversation. What were That's we talking totally about? <laughs> totally fine. Um, but yeah, like I think that um 
for me personally, going to a gym that you're not known at is really helpful. And for those listening, like, I'll be honest, like the thought of going to a new gym is a little scary. It is. Um, definitely have a little bit of gym anxiety when it comes to that. Cause a couple of the gyms that I've been looking at, um, one of them I know is like more of like a bodybuilding style gym, which I'm not a bodybuilder. And, uh, it, it's a little bit intimidating to think about that. Um, but knowing that I'm going to be able to go in and get my workout done and be in and out is super, super helpful. Um, that is nice. And I just, I, I guess I push myself differently when I'm at different gyms, like, because I don't get distracted and I get super laser focused. And so that's something too, that I wanted to bring up is like, you're going to feel that soreness or you're going to feel that extra fatigue when you actually are lifting intensely. So I think that, you know, intensity engaging your intensity is super important. I know I mentioned, um, you know, RIR earlier reps in reserve and essentially like an RIR of two means you have two more reps in you before you fail. Mm -hmm. And so you might not feel, you know, super sore. If you're just going through the motions of your workout, you need to also make sure that you're bringing the intensity. And on the flip side, sometimes people do work out too intensely, whether it's too long of a duration in one training session or whether it's too much volume. I've had that situation happen to me where I've just overtrained and did a little bit too much volume. And, uh, that's something that I think is a really good thing to, to notice too, is how you're feeling after your workouts, how long are your workouts taking? What type of intensity are you bringing to the table? Yeah, for sure. And I think we talked about, I mean, we did, we talked about like that alarm reaction. And if you're never feeling sore because you're just lifting the same way all the time, your body has nothing to adapt to. So it has mm -hmm. no reason to become sore because you're just doing stuff that it's used to all the time. Um, so you almost want to be sore sometimes. You don't want to be sore all the time. Um, but I think people really over-focus on chasing the feeling of soreness. Mm -hmm. um, I've had clients in the past who have been like, oh yeah, my last trainer was great. I felt sore after every single workout. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Like, how are your results though? I'm like, yeah, they're so good. So good. I felt so sore. Yeah, but like, did your body change? <laughs> and they have to like stop for a minute and be like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember feeling sore. <laughs> yeah. And that's another, I love that you bring that up because, you know, again, like I said at the beginning, like soreness is not indicative of a good workout. You know, people often think that, you know, every time they go into the gym, they need to walk away super sore. They need to wake up the next day, super sore where they can barely walk. Like I have a client who they insist that they need to be so sore that they can barely walk. And it's like, that is, that's overtraining. That's doing more harm than good when it comes to your muscles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then on the flip side, you get clients that are like, I don't ever want to be sore and yeah. they get scared of it. Um, I, I had another client in the past who was like, if you make me sore, I'm never going to come back. And I'm like, well, like, if you want to make progress, you are going to have to feel a little sore sometimes. And you can do things to make sure that you're a little less sore. Mm -hmm. Like um, if we're doing less focus on the eccentric part of a lift, 
um, you can tend to feel a little bit less sore by doing that. So instead of like slowly controlling your weights down, um, you can kind of speed that part up and that can tend to lead to a little bit less soreness, but like the eccentric part of a lift is important too, to maintain control and to teach your body better mechanics. So, you know, be comfortable with the fact that you might be sore sometimes. Yeah. And, and just like you said, like you, you don't need to be incredibly sore all the time, but you know, I think it's really important for people to know, like, you know, you want to make sure if you want to see results that you are lifting with intensity, like, mm-hmm. you know, like you had mentioned, like you shouldn't be going through the motions when you're working out. Like if you've been curling a 10, 10 pound weight for bicep curls for six months, like you're there's something wrong there, you know? Yeah. It's a balance, right? It's, it's kind of like, if you're in a calorie deficit, you don't want to take the most aggressive deficit and eat like 800 calories all the time because you're going to feel like shit all the time. So that would be like, if you were to work out way too intensely and feel way too sore every day, because eventually you, every time you went into the gym, you wouldn't be able to perform as well because you're too sore to perform to your the best of your ability. And then on the flip side, if you're not in a deficit at all, you're not going to make any progress. Uh, or to relate that back to soreness, like if you're not sore ever, you're not progressively overloading. So you're not going to make progress to strength gains, to muscle gain, et cetera. Yeah. And I think, you know, the style of training is also important too. Like the difference between like hypertrophy and strength. You know, I think that that, that also has an effect depending on, you know, your intensity levels. But I think overall, like, you know, coming to the conclusion that you want to be sore sometimes Mm -hmm. you just don't need to be insanely sore all the time. And you don't need to, sorry, you go ahead. (laughs) Like if you, if you trained, let's say you did a chest press, you know, and you're a little bit sore each time afterwards, like a little bit sore. And when I say a little bit sore, that's like a, oh yeah, I, I can tell that I worked that out a little bit. It's a little stiff. It's a little bit sore. Not like, oh my God, I can't, I can't lift my arms. Like you want to make sure that you are just a little bit stiff, a little bit sore the next day. You don't want to be too, um, again, you don't want to be too not sore. Yeah. I just had a yeah. brain fart. My thought. No, left, the, I, I get what you meant. It, I get it what left you meant. right in the middle of me saying it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, been there. See you you don't want to like overly focus on whether or not you're sore. Like that doesn't matter too much. What you can focus more on is tracking how much weight that you lift in the gym and working on getting better at that. Um, And that is a much better indicator of whether you're making progress in the gym. So if you're following the principles of progressive overload, you will, your, your muscles will grow. You will get stronger. You may or may not get sore as a result. Sometimes you will, sometimes you won't, but that feeling of soreness is not a valid metric to indicate whether or not you are getting stronger or your muscles are growing. And speaking of like, you know, good workouts and things like that. What about sweat, Nick? Is how much you sweat indicative of whether or not you've had a good workout? I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. If it was, if how much you sweat was indicative of whether or not you had a good workout, I have the best workouts every single time I go to the gym. 
Like as soon as I walk in the door, I'm just like drenched. Because I'm just like that type of person who can sweat by peeling an orange. (laughs) So the short answer is no, it does. It doesn't matter how much you sweat. Like the sweat is not fat leaving your body. I think we've heard like some shitty trainers use that. Uh, Yeah, no, it's, it's not like, if you want to sweat, go to a sauna. You're not all of a sudden, you don't have a good workout. Like if you go tanning, like you don't have a good <laughs> workout go from sit in the sauna and become fit as fuck. Like... <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? No, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Dumb. <laughs> but no, that's why I had to ask. Cause I knew, I knew you like that. That's something that I get a lot. Like, well, you know, my workout was good. I just didn't sweat very much. Like, that's fine. Like, what do you like? It's something where a lot of people chase sweating. Same with the burn. People mm. chase the burn when they're exercising too, like the burning of your muscles. And, you know, those are, again, not indicative of whether or not you've had a good workout. Your workout intensity is indicative of whether or not you have a good workout. Yeah, I can, I can hold my arms out at the side. Just like arms straight out. I could do that for 20 minutes. My arms are going to burn. It doesn't mean I'm going to have Jack shoulders. That's a really good analogy. Thank you. You're telling me that that's not going to give me good shoulders because I've been doing that every day. (laughs) (laughs) You know what you will get better at, though, is holding your arms out to the side for a long period of time. So if that's something that you need to do, um, like if you're a painter, if you paint walls for a living, you're going to get better at that. So like holding your hands, like if you're, you put ceiling tiles in for a living, you'll get way better at doing that. You're not going to have jacked shoulders because of it, but your endurance for holding your arms above your head is going to get really high. It's actually really hard to do that for a long time. But I prefer an overhead press. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think it's important that, you know, people know, you know, the actual truth of whether or not you have like what dictates a good workout or not. And I think that, you know, talking about things like muscle soreness, talking about sweating, talking about chasing the burn are all good things because a lot of times people think that that is going to be like, they need to push to a certain intensity to where they are sweating or they are overly sore uh, without knowing what what that can pos- potentially do in terms of like your results. Like you're not going to see crazy results by holding your hands out to the side for 20 minutes. Like that's sure. just not going to happen. You know, you're not going to see in, uh, like wonderful results if you are moving the same weight for, you know, the same, the same amount of reps for a month. You're not going to see much progression there. Yeah. And I think really the best indicator of whether or not you have had a good workout, it doesn't come after every workout. You're not going to be able to know after every workout, was that a good workout? Was that not a good workout? What is going to make it become obvious is your progress over the long term. If after three months, you, your goal is to have more defined muscles. And after three months, you look in the mirror, you have progress pictures from January to March and you notice, yeah, 
I got more defined muscles. Your You're workouts are working. They're working. Mm-hmm. They are working. And that's why it's so important to not only focus on one measure of progress. You know, that's why it's so important not to focus on just the scale or just, you know, measurements are very accurate, but like not just your measurements. If you're taking measurements yourself, they can be a little bit off. Um, but just knowing that like, if you're taking, you know, a, a scale weight, if you're taking measurements, if you're paying attention to how your clothes fit, if you're paying attention to, oh man, my brain is farting today. What is going on? Okay. So scale, what else? Scale measurements, progress pictures, um, performance in the gym, gym. sleep, clothes, sleep, uh, energy levels, all those things. All those things are important. Like that's what you want to base your overall results. Like we don't only want to focus on one form of progress because if you're only focusing on one form of progress, you're leaving a lot on the table there. Yeah, you're leaving a lot on the table and there's there's more than one metric of progress. Progress is not just the number on the scale. It is it's all the things that we mentioned before. Like it's if you're only focusing on the scale, you are missing out on a big piece of your overall well-being. Yeah, that's very true because knowing that if you are training with intensity and your goal is fat loss and you're new, let's say you're relatively new to the gym, um, your weight might look like it's plateauing when in reality, it's not necessarily plateauing. It's your body recompositioning. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Gaining muscle, um, potentially losing fat at the same time. I think there's a lot of people that say that you can't do that, Um, which there's a degree of truth that uh, for people who have been lifting weights for a long time and have been consistently focusing on their nutrition and stuff, like it's going to be a lot harder for them to gain muscle and lose fat at the same time. I don't know the statistic. But there's a very large percentage of people in the country that don't lift weights. So it's it's probably like, I don't know. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make up a number. I want to make up a number. I'm not gonna make up a number. <laughs> but it's a large percentage of people that don't lift weights. So that means a large percentage of people can gain muscle and lose fat at the same time by starting to lift weights and eating a calorie deficit you there's a lot of people who can do both so if you start hearing that nonsense about oh you can't do both at the same time most people can yeah and in order to not do that in order to not be able to do both at the same time means that you're an intermediate or an advanced lifter Mm -hmm. that's that's ultimately what that means and you know let's say you're listening to this podcast and you've been lifting for you know two three years maybe it's a little bit harder to do but in reality, that's a simple fix. Look at your programming, you know, look at your programming and just know that like you can actually lose body fat in maintenance as well. Like it's, it's possible to lose a little bit of body fat when you're in maintenance. And that is what is recompositioning. It's where you're losing a little bit of body fat, but you're eating, you're eating enough calories and, uh, like to be able to to sustain your muscle and it's essentially your body's just building muscle and losing fat at the same time, but you're eating more calories. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it feels damn good to eat maintenance. So don't knock maintenance. 
a no. lot of people knock maintenance and view it as like a uh like a death sentence like, yeah, like oh i'm in maintenance i'm not going to make any progress because i'm in maintenance i'm just going to maintain you can make a ton of progress in maintenance ton of progress in maintenance a ton of progress in maintenance you can get so much stronger in yeah. maintenance you know and not only that but your energy levels are better overall like you know your your body feels better because you're fueling it like you're fueling it well you're giving it more energy so you and yeah. have more energy you have more energy to put into your performance thus making your performance better thus making yourself stronger thus increasing your muscle mass yeah Overall, it's a good, it's a good choice. I mean, and it, we're, we're coming up on the holidays here soon and we are, I can't believe it. I can't either, but like, it's, this is a really good time, you know, for, for you listening to really think about, you know, okay, wh- what have I done consistently? Like for a lot of my clients, you know, they're very consistent with their fat loss and their calorie deficit. And I know that I'm going to have a few people flip a bitch when I recommend maintenance for the holidays, you know, maintaining your weight through the holidays, really using like really using your energy in the gym, like the extra energy that you have from the extra calories to really push yourself to new limits and, you know, just to overall feel better. Yeah. I think the holidays are a perfect time for maintenance. Um, I think it's a really good time to kind of rethink what your goals may or not be too, as you're like approaching the end of the year and think about like the intentions you set at the beginning of the year. Have I reached those goals? Have my goals evolved? Um, and setting new goals for the year as well. So I love yeah. the holidays. I love the holidays for fitness. Yeah, I think it's, you know, a lot of people get really freaked out. They get really anxious. But, you know, for me, it's a really good time to, you know, go into maintenance and, you know, just enjoy the holiday season and be able to have the extra calories to do that too. <laughs> mm-hmm. We all want a Christmas cookie. Oh, Christmas cookies. They come in and mm-hmm. Halloween. Mm. Do you remember that little girl that uh, she had the YouTube video and she had like the little bats in the background and she's like, it's freaking bats. I love Halloween. <laughs> I do remember that. I do remember so that. Every time I think about Halloween, I think of that little girl. It's freaking bats. <laughs> it's freaking bats. <laughs> well, on that note, thank you guys so much for listening. <laughs> on that note it's freaking bats thank you guys for listening we've had so much fun here on the podcast today uh remember to not worry about chasing that feeling of soreness and chase that feeling of progressing over the long term zoom out uh don't focus on that one workout whether it was good or not focus on that long-term progress And uh, um, that's really the biggest indicator of progress is just seeing what happens over the long term. So I'll leave you with that. Thank you so much, guys. (laughs) It's freaking bats. It's freaking bats. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Donuts and Dumbbells podcast. We appreciate you taking time out of your very busy day to join us. And if you'd be so kind as to leave us a review, it helps us reach more people looking to improve their health and fitness. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon.